Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the veterinary podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. If your life is not what you had imagined it would look like 10 years ago, and you're desperately looking for ways to make it how you thought it would be, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, Certified Veterinary Life Coach, Goal-Getting Girl, and Life Work Alignment Pro. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Welcome to Episode 28 of the Daring DVM Podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because it is going to be different from other things we've covered so far. I've been taking this really cool class on advanced training in nervous system techniques, and it's absolutely amazing, and I love everything that I'm learning in there. And I want to give you some insight into what it is that we're learning so you can start applying this to your own life and use it to coach yourself. So today I want to start out with just a few basics and a tool that you can start using to help you create resiliency in your own life. Resiliency is what we need to cope with the day-to-day stresses that we face. We already know that life is 50-50, and half of the times things will be great, and half of the times they won't, and that is completely okay. My hope for this episode is to give you a basic framework with which you can start befriending your nervous system, because I truly think that this is going to offer a breakthrough to those of you who are struggling with overwhelm, anxiety, burnout, exhaustion, compassion fatigue, all of the things. So I know coaching. I love coaching. I know how it works. And I know that it is an incredible tool to make the changes that you want in your life and to live the life that you want to live. I totally believe 100% that coaching is the tool to get you there. And I also know that coaching relies on our ability to think. Coaching, using the self-coaching model, is a form of CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And CBT relies on us being able to evaluate our cognitive stories, aka the way we think. It relies on us being able to become aware of our beliefs and to think about our thinking in ways that allow us to choose whether or not we want to even keep thinking that way. There is no right or wrong answer here, but it boils down to becoming aware of your thinking and being able to choose exactly what it is that you want to believe. We have over 60,000 thoughts a day, and the majority of them are unconscious. We don't even realize that we have these scripts running in the background that are dictating how we think and what we do and how we feel. And this is why coaching is so powerful, because it makes us aware of these unconscious thoughts and beliefs and gives us agency to choose whether we want to keep believing them or whether we want to change them. It allows us to create thoughts that serve us and to choose emotions that fuel us and to take actions that create the results that we want in our lives. This is why coaching is so amazing. But as I said just a moment ago, coaching relies on our ability to evaluate our thinking. And evaluating our thinking relies on our ability to think. But are you always able to think all of the time? You're actually not. 
Have you ever experienced a moment where you almost felt triggered? Something happens, you see something or experience something, maybe somebody says something to you, or you overhear them saying something to somebody else? Whatever it is, before you even have a moment to really think about it, you already feel triggered. Maybe you feel your body getting tense, or your blood pressure rising, or your heart rate is increasing. Maybe you feel your cheeks getting flushed, or your mind is racing. And sometimes, it can feel like you cannot think straight. And that's actually because you cannot. Your thinking can be physiologically hijacked. So coaching and mindset work is an incredible tool, and it relies on us being able to evaluate our thinking and the cognitive stories that we tell. So what I want to do today is take a step back and look behind the scenes. Look to the stories of your nervous system, because your nervous system can physiologically hijack your thinking. And this is why it is so important to learn how to regulate your nervous system and to create resilience so that you can feel empowered and in control of your actions and your life instead of just feeling like you're responding on autopilot or that life is just happening to you. Now, when I say nervous system, I'm specifically referring to your autonomic nervous system, the part of your nervous system responsible for safety and survival. You remember from vet school, these are our sympathetic and parasympathetic branches. I would like you to think of your autonomic nervous system as a scanning radar, constantly scanning for safety and danger. And it functions much the same way as a smoke detector. When it detects smoke, aka danger, it sounds the alarm. Now the thing is, a smoke detector picks up on smoke very well, but it doesn't do a great job of determining whether that smoke is actually a problem or not. Your smoke detector is designed to pick up on smoke and to sound the alarm to make sure that you are alerted and can escape from the burning building. But as I'm sure many of you have experienced, Sometimes your smoke detector just smells burning toast or something that you left in the oven for too long. It's even gone off at me when I've been cooking bacon. The thing is, smoke alarms are highly sensitive for smoke, but they are not very specific for the type of smoke that they are designed to detect. And this is the exact same way that your nervous system functions. Your autonomic nervous system is highly sensitive to picking up on danger or threats, yet it cannot tell the difference between a real threat or a perceived one. So your nervous system is sounding the alarm because it thinks the house is burning down, but all you've done is burnt your breakfast. So this is really handy information because it gives us an idea of what is going on in the background. What happens is that your nervous system is constantly scanning for safety or danger. It does this unconsciously and automatically, and based on what it thinks it detects, it will make some biological decisions for you. So if your nervous system senses safety, you will enter into a physiological zone of safety. This is our parasympathetic state, our rest and digest. In this state, we feel as if we are home, we're safe, we can relax. This is the state where we are designed to relax and repair, not only our body, but also our mind. This is the state where you are able to think and plan and feel your emotions and think about your thinking. 
This is the state in which we are actually meant to spend most of our time. And this is the state where the wonderful world of coaching comes in. But if your nervous system senses danger and sounds the alarm, you are going to be placed into a state of sympathetic activation. Your nervous system and your body think they need to protect you. Your sympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system becomes activated and puts you into a state of hyperarousal. In this state of hyperarousal, you will experience fight, flight, or freeze. This is you being activated. This is you being triggered. And this is so automatic that oftentimes it happens so quickly that we are placed in the state before we even realize it. There is also a third state to which we can be sent physiologically. And this is the state of hypoarousal. That is low energy, low arousal. This typically happens when your nervous system is already so overwhelmed or fatigued because you have already been in a hyperactive state for so long that you need to shut down in order to conserve energy. This is when your nervous system conserves energy by taking you offline. You will typically feel fatigued to the point of inaction. This is where burnout lives. This is that type of depression where you cannot get out of bed. A milder form can be going through the day on autopilot. You no longer derive meaning or purpose or joy from anything that you're doing. You're just existing and going through the motions. So this is what your autonomic nervous system is doing all the time. It is constantly scanning for safety and danger, and based on what it thinks it detects, it will either send you into a zone of safety or it will sound the alarm. The important thing here is that you do not get to choose. This is happening on an automatic, unconscious, biological level. Now, when you are placed into a state of resiliency, this is great because this is a team of thriving. This is where you need to be in order to coach yourself. This is when you have access to your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain responsible for thinking and planning and for being rational and for helping you put yourself out there and creating the life that you want to live. However, when your smoke alarm goes off, it signals a need for survival. So if you are placed into a state of hyperarousal or hypoarousal, we'll call them Team Hyper and Team Hypo, your body is signaling to your brain that there is a perceived threat and the only goal is to survive. This means that Team Hyper and Team Hypo are survival teams. And when you are physiologically sent to a survival team, it means that your survival brain is now in charge. So why is this important? Your prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that wants to keep you progressing and to make better choices. This is where you go when you want to create healthy habits, a vision for your life, to figure out what your values are. This part of your brain is motivated by growth and change. It wants you to embrace discomfort and to be courageous and to take action. This is the part of your brain that wants you to believe in yourself and your goals and to create a plan and to commit to it and to coach yourself as you go. However, this part of your brain is in direct opposition to your survival brain. Your survival brain is the part of your brain that has been around since we evolved as a human species. 
This part of your brain includes the brainstem, cerebellum, areas close to the spinal cord like the medulla, pons, thalamus, etc. And it also includes the midbrain. And if you remember from vet school, the midbrain houses our limbic system, as well as our hippocampus, and most importantly, our amygdala, the emotional center of our brain. This part of our brain is directly tied to our survival system and does everything on autopilot. Which makes sense, right? When you are legitimately in danger and your nervous system scans danger and sounds the alarm, you do not need to think and reason and be compassionate and curious with yourself. You need to freaking survive. And what happens in survival mode is that you lose access to your prefrontal cortex. It goes offline. Your prefrontal cortex is not involved in your survival states which means that when you are in a hyper or hypoactivated state, you are not thinking clearly. By definition, you do not have access to this part of your brain. Now, when we think about these three states, our resilient state and our two states of arousal, hyperarousal and hypoarousal, we will find that each state has its own physiology. The way you breathe, your heart rate, your posture, any tightness or tension in your body, even your thoughts, feelings, and actions. These are all determined by what is going on in your nervous system. So if you are in a hyperactivated state, you will feel pretty activated. You will have energy in your body. You may experience this as anxiety or nervousness or overwhelm. It can also feel like anger or frustration. In more intense cases, it can even manifest as a panic attack. And your thinking patterns will reflect these states too. This is unfair. How dare they? This shouldn't be happening. Or, I can't stop worrying about this. What if everything goes wrong? What if I can't handle this? On the other hand, if you are physiologically placed into a state of hypoarousal, you will notice that you feel much less energy. This will be fatigue, coupled with feelings of helplessness and hopelessness. This is burnout. This is depression. And the types of thoughts that you have will reflect being in this state. Nothing matters. Everything sucks. What's the point? I just feel numb. Alternatively, if you are placed into a resilient state, then you will experience connection and belonging. You will be able to communicate because you have access to your thinking and your language centers. You can plan and make decisions. You will have clarity and confidence. And this will be reflected in your thoughts, feelings, and actions. I've got this. I can handle this. I can figure this out. This is who I am and where I want to go. So this is your nervous system behind the scenes. It's always scanning for safety and danger, and based on what it determines, you will automatically be sent to one of these three states. The cool part here is that you can learn to interrupt your nervous system, to regulate yourself, and to bring your prefrontal cortex back online so that you can enter into a state of regulation. Viktor Frankl, who was an Austrian psychiatrist, has a very famous quote. He says that, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. 
In our response lies our growth and our freedom. This is so powerful, especially when we think of how this work applies to coaching. What he's saying is that there is a stimulus, i.e. the trigger that our nervous system picks up on, and there is a response, how we act, the way we think, the way we feel. And between that stimulus and response is a space where we have the power to choose what happens next. And this is where our freedom lies. When we are present in this space, we can be more deliberate. This is the space in which we no longer feel like life is just happening to us. This is the space in which we feel empowered and in control. And this is why it is so important that we learn to regulate ourselves. The thing is, our nervous system is supposed to be adaptable and it is supposed to scan for safety and danger and it is supposed to respond. We are meant to spend time in our state of rest and digest, and we are meant to go out and visit the states of hyper and hypo arousal. This is all normal biology. However, what can happen is that our nervous system can become stuck in a state of dysregulation. And if this happens, it can wreak havoc on our health because the health of our nervous system is directly related to our mental, physical, and emotional health. So when you think about your life, if you're somebody who recognizes or identifies with the states of hyper or hypo arousal as being the most common state that you experience on a day-to-day -day basis, you now know that you first need to deal with your nervous system and teach it how to become regulated in order to gain access to that cognitive portion of your brain. This is why some people immediately connect and resonate with coaching. And they start creating self-awareness and they apply these tools and practices to their lives and they move forward and they make massive changes. Whereas for other people, it feels very difficult to think about their thinking and to even start with creating awareness as the first step. This is why nervous system regulation work is so important. If you want to start creating awareness with your thinking, you first need to start creating awareness with your biology, aka your nervous system. Ask yourself, what is your personal nervous system like? What is it like being you? What do your three states look like? In which state do you spend most of your time? How do you know when you are in a particular state? Or what are your triggers that send you there and why? It's like you're trying to build your own personal landscape of what is happening to you internally on a biological level. Write these questions down. Answer them. You may be surprised at what you learn. Now let's tie this back to resiliency. When we think of our safe state, our rest and digest, this is what we refer to as our zone of resilience. This is the state in which we can handle many of the stresses that we face in daily life. This is where we work through the things that happened in our past. This is where we can face our current adversities and where we create resiliency for future problems that we may encounter. We're going to get into this more in later episodes, but what I want you to know for now is that your zone of resiliency can be impacted by many different things. And as a result, it can either be very wide or very narrow. If you have a wide zone of resiliency, you will have a higher tolerance for stress. Whereas if your zone is narrow, you will have a lower tolerance and it will be a lot harder for you to remain in a safe, resilient state. And instead, as you go through your day or your life, 
you will find yourself fluctuating between states of hyper or hypo arousal more frequently. Furthermore, we know that we only have access to our prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain we need for coaching and growth, when we are operating from our zone of resilience and safety. So if you want to be more present in your life and you want to create a life of alignment and one in which you are successful and happy, then you need to be in your zone of resilience. When we think of the self-coaching model, we remember that our thoughts create our feelings, which drive our actions, and our actions are what create every single result that we have in our lives. Your thoughts and your feelings have created every single action that you have ever taken that has brought you every single result that you have had. It is the reason you are where you are today. So if you want to feel empowered and in control of your life, you need to have a wide enough zone of resiliency to be able to consciously think, feel, and act in ways that serve you and create the results that you seek. So how do we do this? How do we start to widen our zone of resiliency? One of my teachers, Leah Davidson, likes to talk about joining a sports team. When you join a sports team, there are three things that you are essentially committing to. The first is practice and training. You show up to practice, you learn the skills, and you train. The second is playing in the actual games. You show up on game day and you use your skills in the game. And the third is debriefing following each game. You figure out what worked, what didn't work, and what you want to change. And then you go back to practicing for the next game. You can also think of this like running a code. This is why we practice CPR drills with our team. We practice so that in the inevitable circumstance where a patient comes in and we need to perform CPR, we are ready to play in the game. And afterwards, no matter the outcome, we debrief. What went well? What didn't go well? And where do we need to improve? And then we bring these into our practice again. In future episodes, we'll be talking about the kinds of things that you can do to practice these skills and to train your nervous system and to widen your zone of resiliency. We want to practice the things that work, and we also want to challenge our nervous system so that we can expand and grow our zone of safety. However, what I want to do today is offer you a practical tool that you can use in game day. Game day is typically a high-pressure situation, and when you're playing in the game, you can't exactly say, oh, just excuse me for a few minutes while I go and practice some regulation techniques, and then I'll come back and we can continue having this difficult conversation or searching for that bleeding pedicle. Life doesn't work that way. You have to know how to get yourself regulated in the moment. The good news is that this is really simple and super quick. Remember, your nervous system is constantly scanning for safety and danger and evaluating whether or not it needs to sound the alarm. So the very first step is to establish safety. You can do this by literally asking yourself the question, am I safe? This is not do I feel safe or will I be safe in five minutes or was I safe just a few seconds ago? This is, am I empirically safe right now? And the answer is typically yes. Our nervous system is more than likely picking up on a perceived threat, not a real one. And if you're not actually safe and this is a real threat, then it's a good thing you're checking because now you're activated and you're going to do something about it. 
But in this day and age, the majority of the time, we are safe. We are just facing a perceived threat. What is happening here is that when you ask yourself, am I safe, and you answer that question with yes, it sends a very strong message to your subconscious that you have checked things out yourself and that you are in fact safe. This lets your nervous system know that this is just a false alarm. The next question you ask is, do I feel safe? And the majority of the time, the answer is no. We face stresses every single day, and they can be as simple as running late or being stuck in traffic or maybe not knowing the exact answer to a question right away. It can be taking on a new and challenging case or learning to do a new surgical procedure. It can also be having a conversation with your boss or a client or maybe talking to your significant other about something that is really important to you. All of these things are perceived as threats by our nervous system and send us into a state of sympathetic activation. Logically, we know these things are just perceived threats, yet we don't feel safe. So we have to validate our nervous system by acknowledging that even though we are empirically safe, we do not feel safe. The thing is, you cannot argue with your brain and your nervous system to try to convince them to stop sending you signals of danger. When you argue against yourself, you will end up losing 100% of the time. So make sure you do these things first. Establish safety by asking yourself if you are safe and validate your nervous system by asking yourself if you feel safe. Once you have done this, you've connected with your brain and your nervous system and you are now going to get into your body. Your brain can always travel to the future and it can travel to the past, but your body is always in the present. So by bringing your mind to your body, you are making sure that you are in the present situation. And all you're going to do is briefly scan your body looking for any stress or tension. This could be a tightness or tension in your neck or shoulders. Maybe you're holding your breath, clenching your fists, Maybe you're sitting up really straight. Whatever it is, notice the tightness and tension and then actively relax those muscles. Take a deep breath and actively relax those muscles. The important thing is that you first establish safety and acknowledge that you don't feel safe. Because you have not done this first, then you will not be able to get into your body and relax it. Step three is the most simple thing to do. Just scan your body Notice any tension, and then relax. As we're talking about this, I know it sounds lengthy, but in reality, this is very quick to do. It is as simple as taking a few seconds to say, am I safe? Yes. Do I feel safe? No. Okay, take a deep breath, scan my body, and relax. This is literally all it takes to help you get regulated. Your nervous system does not need very much. When you relax your body, you're sending a physical signal that you are safe and your prefrontal cortex can come online. Remember, this is where you do your thinking. This is where you get to choose how you want to show up and who you want to be. This is where you get to be the best version of yourself and create the results that you want. This is where you live with intention rather than reactivity. And the goal here is to actually go through your entire day confronting any and all situations no matter how big or how small of a perceived threat that they are, you want to go through your day confronting them 
in a relaxed body because a relaxed body cannot house stress. The truth is, we are all challenged with stress and overwhelm and anxiety every single day. And the only way that we're going to thrive is if we are in a state of resiliency. And we develop our state of resiliency through practice and through regulating our nervous system every single moment of every single day. This is why this kind of work requires patience and persistence and practice and perseverance. This is the creating awareness part where you check in with yourself multiple times a day throughout the day. You need to do this all throughout your day to continue bringing your level of stress down and to help you regulate. You can also practice doing this at home. When I am at home or somewhere private, I like to do a complete ragdoll or limp noodle as some of you may call it. This is where you just completely relax, bend over at your waist, shake out your arms and your neck and your head. Just let go of all the tension. It feels so, so good. Now, I acknowledge that you're unlikely to ragdoll in the middle of a difficult conversation or while you're in the middle of surgery, but you can always ask yourself, am I safe? Do I feel safe? And then you can scan your body, take a breath, and release even the smallest amount of tension to help bring your prefrontal cortex back online. In future episodes, we'll be diving behind the scenes a bit more, discussing different practices that you can do, different techniques for game day, how you can apply this to prevent burnout or to recover from burnout, and also how you can apply this to your life in general. Learning nervous system regulation is key to successful coaching. So if you want to live a life of intention and fulfillment and happiness and success, you have to learn how to manage your mind and you have to learn how to regulate your nervous system. What I would offer to you this week is to start practicing the skill. Do not let your brain try to trick you into believing that it is too simple to work. That is a common thought error and it will not serve you. You want to practice regulating your nervous system until it becomes as automatic as tying your shoes or brushing your teeth. You want it to be so quick and efficient that it's like breathing or keeping yourself in homeostasis. And the way that you do this is through practice, practice, practice. Am I safe? Do I feel safe? Get into my body and relax. Practice this when you get up in the morning, while you're brushing your teeth, while you're waiting for your coffee, while you're driving to work during conversations or interactions with your technicians or colleagues or clients, while you're typing your records, when you're going home at the end of the day, when you're taking your dog for a walk, when you're cooking dinner, while you're sitting on the couch. There are so many opportunities for you to practice this simple tool. Do not let its simplicity trick you into assuming that it is not powerful. Okay, my friends. I love who you are, and even more than that, I love who you are becoming. My hope is that you learn to befriend and work with your nervous system so that you can truly live into your values and create the life you deserve. Dare to dream. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come coach with me in my Daring DVM coaching program. It's where you get individual help applying these concepts to your own life. This is where we address your challenges, crush your goals, and create your dream life. It's where I help other veterinarians 
who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life too. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come coach with me at www.daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. That's daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. I cannot wait to meet you. Dare to dream.